0: citizens of the verse today is july 20th 2951 and welcome to another episode of readcast we're a star citizen podcast sponsored by the read organization i'm your host way too geeky and i'm joined by my two co-hosts uh he has Russian moves and he wears bloody shoes hello mr Chekhov. oh wait he's not here today again <laughs> I, I just didn't want to waste that intro um and then it then again we have the man who likes a cheeseburger in paradise and pina coladas while getting caught in the rain. It's Seagard Alston. <laughs> Hello, Seagard. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> uh, so, we have a, a first-time guest tonight on the podcast. Welcome to the show,
1: Hamar. Hello. Thanks, ma'am.
0: Yeah, so, um, Hamar, whenever we have someone new on the podcast, what we like to do is have them introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about... Their favorite thing to do in the game?
1: Uh, let's see, I've been a backer for, I guess, since 2014, end of 2013, somewhere around there. Uh, do a lot of trading, is what I've made a lot of my money in. Uh, kind of watching the economy. I, I like the FPS. Mm-hmm. Not as, you know, like talking earlier about uh, uh, making money trading to support all the things that cost too much. So, yeah. I mean that's kind of the MO of the game right now. Awesome.
0: Um now uh er, and forgive me folks cuz I do have a cold, so if for some reason I do disappear at some point, it's probably because I'm dealing with a lava flow of mucus. Um but uh yeah, sorry. Hang on one second guys. I apologize.
2: <laughs> it's space mucus. Thank you. If you can imagine that helmet with a little alien tentacles sticking out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry about that, right guys. Now. That's him right now.
0: Uh, believe it or not, it was nothing to do with mucus, but my father called me twice in a row, and those who know my dad know that he does not call. Uh, um, so, when you call me twice in a row, it makes me think, who died? Luckily,
2: it. he just wanted Hold to talk. That. Oh, okay. So you hung <laughs> up on him, right?
0: I said, listen, I'm on a call right now. Can I call you back? <laughs> say, I did hey, you want to you, dad. dad. I want to say, hey, dad, I'm on a video game podcast. Um, I'm recording right now. Can I call you after my recording? Because then how, that, that'll be like, what's a podcast? What's a video game?
1: Yeah. Start that explanation. He's 81. So no. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, it's been a little bit quiet in terms of news, but, you know, I'm sure there's been a lot of happenings in the verse this past week. Um you know, uh, Heymar, what have you been up to in the game?
1: Uh, I've been checking out the PTU quite a bit. I'm running around there right now. Uh, I've kind of made I'm it there my, as well. Yeah, I, I kind of made it my goal to uh, check out all the places you can land, which is just about everywhere.
0: It's pretty extensive.
1: <laughs> it is. I I, I think I want to do the uh, the gray cap buggy racing on one of these big green fields.
0: Oh, nice. What the? Uh, uh, what about you, guard What have you been up to? Yeah,
2: I did. Uh, let's see. Uh, we did a convoy uh, practice session two weeks ago. We did. Um, I participated in uh, in Homington's new race race club, uh, the new division. Uh, so he had his first race, uh, and I participated in that with. With uh, yeah, some some results
3: <laughs>
2: ah, they, were enter- <laughs> they were entertaining. I'm sure we'll talk about that. I've heard uh, about then,
0: said results.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it does result in fiery death, prison, and a crash.
0: So <laughs> are you still in prison?
2: No, no, I got up. I got okay, oh, but good. I immediately got a crime stat for shooting one of the guys by accident. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so. Uh, that I did, uh, I did last week and part of the week before. I was really kind of following Oworth's lead, and I wanted to see how successful I could be at logging off in ships. And I tried different ships, and I tried on the surface, in space, in the middle of nowhere in space, next to a space station, in an asteroid field—you name it. It was it was a pretty fun little thing every night to do that. I did that for five or six days.
0: Awesome. With, with very good results. So. That's great. Um, yeah. I myself, um, by the way, last week we didn't record because, of course, it was my fault. I was on vacation. Okay. And I, I fooled myself into believing that I would record on my iPhone from Georgia. And I was probably already three sheets to the wind and starving and had to eat dinner. So I apologize, everyone. But um, but we're here now, um, and I'm back, sunburnt. Uh, but since I've been back, I have been playing the PTU, and I I just I don't want to go into too much detail because we'll talk about a little bit more detail later. But I have to say, like Orison is amazing, just oh, absolutely yeah. amazing. It's just it. it I find myself logging into the PTU and spending more time just walking around staring than almost anything else and it's pretty sad. <laughs> so anyway, um so like I, I just, said not oh, I just ahead. want to
2: point out that uh you know, cuz we missed a couple shows, I've had people contact me directly and say they need this podcast to go out as soon as possible because they have not left work since our last show. <laughs> they, they needed something to drive home to, so they're they're running out of food and water. So please get to
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, I will post it as soon as possible. Yeah, we have gotten a little bit of um.
2: You got a lot though. You were moving. You started your job. You got a lot of things on your plate. So. Oh
0: my goodness! I, yeah. And I, I finally. Um, once I got back from vacation, I finally unboxed almost all the boxes in my room, so that I actually don't feel like I'm surrounded by a tower of boxes, which gives me a lot less anxiety. Um. So uh, this past week, we um, we didn't have much in terms of uh, YouTube content. We really only had a Star Citizen live game dev episode. Um, you know normally we'd have of go, this is the worst episode I ever saw. Um, <laughs> I thought I would add some of that Russian commentary. Um, but, uh, you know, actually it was not too bad of an episode. It was mood lighting um, with the lighting devs, Chris and Zach. Um, they showed and spoke about how uh, they illuminate and deluminate lights in Habs um, and also sort of went into the special mood lighting that they can create. Uh, just a little bit about that episode. They they answered some questions. A few highlights are about, uh, you know, there's currently only two states, right? So you'll notice uh, full power, low power. Um, they also showed how they went into the different habs across the verse and added switches, predominantly in landing zones. So they showed us what new Babbage and Grimhex and all that looked like um, and, and how they created different mood lighting. Uh, as well as sort of the on-off cycles of the lights to to add a little bit of interest. They also built functionality to create custom lighting, and they mentioned how interior lighting is going to react to day-night cycles just like we see on the exterior of buildings as well as like in the interior of New Babbage that you'll notice. Um, so that was the episode. Uh, anyone check it out? Hey, Mar, did you see that episode
1: last I week? See- I think I watched a few minutes of it, but to be honest with you, it didn't pique a, a whole lot of my interest. Yeah. You know, it, it's neat to understand the technology behind it, but, yeah. uh, you know, other than uh, when it's useful in, you know, say FPS or something like that, uh, I, I can only give it so much, you know, time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um
0: Seagard, what about you did you watch it
2: i didn't uh, but i i am going to because i think it's uh <laughs> it, it, it's uh it's kind of like disney without having music or yeah yeah <laughs> things like that it, it is an important thing in the game and you know i gripe about the sun being in my eyes but i also squint which means they have done a pretty good job with the lighting effect <laughs> but uh i do think it's i you know like we've said before i've I can't wait to get in and turn on the lights of my Connie and and uh, and th- there is a certain amount of joy of you know going through the various lighting stages and well-built you know well-built structures and stuff where shadows matter and spotlights work and uh, e- even the flashlight effect I mean it's it's a cool thing and I I definitely like the way they do their stuff so I've got it yeah go and I am gonna go watch it.
0: It's not so to me. The cool part about the episode, and I didn't qualify this before, but on the plus side, unlike other episodes where it's kind of speculative or it could be something else um, that never makes it into the game, this was them showing us how they're doing current work. So, for example, they did add the buttons to the other habs. Um. I would say they showed how they can play around with lighting. And I think it's cool, especially when we start to get like our own persistent habs and hangers and stuff. So we can, it's almost like having hue lights everywhere. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like a showstopper. I can't breathe. It's so good, uh, piece of content and pretty much watched part of it and then I was on the beach and I decided not to watch anymore. And then I just watched Nubo fire. (laughs) So yeah, Uh, yeah, it was, it was decent though. It was better than, you know, fake concepting. I hate when they do that. That's the worst. Um, (coughs) pardon moi. Uh, this week we were supposed to see a return of inside star citizen. Uh, but it was postponed till next week so that they can better gear up for three fourteen's release. Um, and then this week we will have a Star Citizen, Star Citizen Live. They announced it's going to be a Q&A with the vehicle experience feature and tech teams, and they'll be discussing some of the new features and balancing of vehicles in 3.14. Um, and speaking of 3.14, it's in PTU now. Uh, since we last recorded when it was in Evocati, it's now up to Wave 2. Um, okay. And then the most, I think, interesting thing besides some of the patch notes that people can commonly see now is, um, last night they, they launched a patch that hopefully is going to be reducing some of the desync issues that we're experiencing. I haven't tested it myself, so I don't know. Plus my frames are horrible because I use a certain PC that's not a shadow PC. Um, I'm not calling it out. It's not bad, but it's not high powered enough. Uh, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to sp- speak cryptically. I'm like, Oh, okay. Shadow. Uh, but anyway, um, but so far PTs seems to be going pretty well. Uh, Hey Mar, how, how are you liking it?
1: You said you've been playing in the PTO and you're in there now. Uh, so I'd say last week was really shoddy. Um, I probably tried it about two days or three days in a row for a few hours each time. And it wasn't, uh, i kept crashing a lot of things this week though uh, i played earlier today for three hours uh, without wow. any without any incident and like i've been on for about an hour and a half now uh flying around i'm flying around orson right now uh, i've got everything cranked up on the graphics and uh i've got really good frame rates and uh man just orson's really nice i mean it's very surprising I, how well they did uh, it was not really what i expected i thought we were just going to have you know maybe 10 or 15 little platforms things like that and it's uh it's pretty significant it's quite large and, well uh,
0: it's interesting is because at first if you're just seeing it from one position in orison and you're like oh it looks kind of big but it's nothing like new babbage but when you see it coming into the city, it's like, where on earth is the
1: spaceport? Yeah, it, it's huge. It's it, enormous. It, right. That's very cool. I'm I, excited. I, I mean, to be honest with you, um, so I'm in a, a, a Drake Cutlass Red flying around looking for the spaceport. I keep pinging them and I can't oh, find it. Yeah. So
0: I'll tell you a hint two of the construction platforms make a V and you'll see some lattice work in the middle of that. And it's, it's a bunch of small clusters. That's the spaceport, that whole thing. It's a bunch of tiny pods all attached with lattice work.
1: Oh, jeez! All right. Oh, I think I see what you're talking about. Yeah. We'll
0: find out. The way you can tell is the closer you get, you can see nothing. You can see just a bunch of landing pads on top. And I know you see that on a lot of the platforms, but this one's much more apparent. It's also a different color.
1: It's mostly blue. Uh, All right. Well, I'll spend the next 10 minutes looking for it. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's what it boils down to. Now, what's
0: your favorite feature so far that you've seen?
1: Uh. I like the idea of the capacitors. Uh, I've done, uh, somebody stolen an address yesterday, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, so I went, started shooting it and with a whole bunch of other people and somehow I got a crime stat. And uh, so like I normally do, I run. <laughs> and uh, I got a 600 eye out, uh, replaced the guns and kept going and somebody snuck up on me. Yeah. And, and I just, I put the uh, shield capacitor all all the way up and then kind of flew in circles and they kept shooting at me and it didn't really take the shields down too terribly much. I mean, enough to get my attention, but uh, being able to uh, juice them like that was pretty nice. And uh, the same with the guns, you know,
0: it's like the decision between fight or flight really.
1: Oh yeah. No, and, and you know, to to be quite honest with you, you throw the shields to the back and turn the capacitor all the way up. You set the um, uh, uh, the limiter. jump drive, yeah, the limiter, and you just jump out of there. But yeah. they're shooting you from behind the whole time, and that's where you've got all the shields. So it was a nice tactic, you know. I was kind of nice to see that it worked, yeah. Um, that's that's been pretty good so far. And I gotta tell you, my frame rates are, are good. So I uh, I don't have the best machine in the world. It's it's a few years old, but it's got a ten seventy in it. Yeah. And uh 32 gigs of RAM. So it uh it can handle it pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um I'll say like the the clouds look amazing, but at the same time they're still working on them. Like there's some artifacting. Um so I, I have a feeling that'll go. It'll go to live with imperfect clouds. It'll still look amazing, but just set your expectations. They're not the final state.
1: Well, they still are pretty cool. Um, yeah, I I got to say, I'm um, I'm I'm impressed with them one way or another. Especially I,
0: from afar, when you see
1: the whole planet now that that's actually the clouds. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's they're, amazing. They're, so you know, just looking at it now. Um, there's a lot of definition in it. You know, there's a lot of contrast yeah. you can see. Uh, like I said, that's, I'm, I'm pretty well impressed. I'm still flying around after four and a half hours of tooling around. Yeah. Uh, Orson. I, all I've been doing is looking at buildings and trying to get into stuff. And I've found elevators and a few things at work, but uh, I'm still entertaining. It's nice. So
0: it's a, there's a lot of buildings. And- oh, there's, yeah, tons. It feels even more fleshed out, even though they're not the same as like Area 18 and, and um, New Babbage, where you could land on the rooftops and everything. Except here, it's a whole platform, and there's even functioning elevators to get you from one level to another. Um, I can see a large, powerful org owning a platform. I can see that happening.
1: Yeah, it would be a definitely a, a a cool dynamic to the game,
0: and I I could also see a scenario because because of the way the city is built already, I can see them. Oh my cat just yelled at me. Um, I could see them growing it out into the clouds because it obscures them anyway. Where it's practically limitless, how big they can make this.
1: Oh yeah, they have a huge amount. To uh, expand,
0: yeah, um, Seagard. I know you. You're a fond believer of not spoiling uh, the new patch with PTU. What What about this patch? Especially now that you're hearing some of us who are playing in mm-hmm. the new the new patch. What excites you the most?
2: Uh, you know, I'm very interested in seeing the uh, uh, the iteration of um, uh, handing over missile control to another player, just because I want to see, I think that's going to lead to further capabilities, right? It, it, yeah. So I'm interested in that. That's definitely one. Um, I'm also definitely interested in seeing the new missile play. And I'm a logistics yeah. guy. Mostly I'm not a real big dog fighter. Um, But I, I'm just interested in that. I think that's going to be great. Um, and I would like to see if they come up with any... Further definition of the journal for logistics, right? The trade, ju- trade journal?
0: Yeah. <clears throat>
2: I want to see what's going to go on with that.
0: I would say I've seen the notifications, but I haven't looked at it to determine if there's any new emphasis or change. Right. Um, but it's still there. Yeah. Port Alisar
2: um, is always you know, interesting, too. What's going to happen with Port Alisar has me a little intrigued.
0: Yeah. It's still there in the same way right now. Yeah. But they did say, uh, supposedly, there are more changes that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Quote, unquote, apocalyptic changes, which I doubt that's what they really mean. But they just mean probably something very big. And I don't know if that's actually true or not or if they were. Because there, there's a distinct difference between how a lot of the ships fly uh, right yeah. now. It, and, if um,
2: it's truly apocalyptic,
0: it could
2: be. Confused with a new moon that's actually a Death Star.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, and, and uh, Flavius in, in our org is absolutely right, and he's excited by this, but he's right. In some ways, it does feel like relearning the game, at least when it comes to combat and you know using missiles and stuff, and even scanning um, and I've tested a lot of that. I'm going to talk more about some of it in the forest science section. I will say, Seaguard, I haven't played around with missiles with a group. i know yet. About. Um, but I do like the new missile operator mode. Right. Um, I did watch a
2: little bit. I did watch a video today talking about the missiles. Uh, it was actually um, who's the brother Super Mac,
3: Oh uh,
0: Super yeah. Mac he he's really like, is one of my favorite streamers. Yeah. I, you know, Kanak has said multiple times he's engaged with him a little bit. I'd really love to get him on the podcast, but he is yeah. in the UK, so he's five hours ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that might not be possible. Ooh, I am like, oh, I'm crouched for some reason. There we go. Okay, never mind. Um, I'll say I. There are a couple things that really engage me with this patch. Um, first and foremost, obviously, and I already mentioned this, new ba- uh, not new Babbage. Orison is just so immersive. So many things, like not just the the thing I really like about it is it's not just about what's already in the game. It's it's the features lying behind the door. It's the there are whole platforms of mini cities that have elevators and landing pads, and you can even see um, space for the shuttle to land. And that's potential gameplay, whether they create procedural missions with them or they open it up to org ownership or they become like places where you can rent a have or an apartment and maybe it's more upscale. Whatever the case may be, it's future gameplay. It looks super exciting and it's just incredible. Oh, I just got freaked out because I thought someone exploded. But I think, because I'm in Orisim right now, I think what happened is the um, thrusters on the city just fired because I shook a little bit.
2: Yeah, interesting.
0: um, But yeah, it is immersive. They definitely went above and beyond when it comes to the textures. The, the, like... (coughs) There we go. My cold. Um, Just the staging of the city in general. And it's so moody and so just evocative and exciting that, first of all, you know it's not even done yet. But when it's 100% done, like, it's going to be a premier city. And I was thinking about this as we were talking. And in some ways, it's really awesome that we're dealing with Stanton because it's one of the more perfect test, um, uh, whatchamacallit, why can't I think of it, a a better sort of um, system to test in than most because of the diversity of the planets, but at the same time, it has probably the most showstopper landing zones in one location. And gotcha. so I feel like I can only imagine what it's going to be like for new players who maybe start at one place. Like, Terra is going to be cool, but Terra is predominantly the most interesting thing about Terra is going to be Terra Prime. And that'll be an amazing city, but it's not going to be the combination of a city planet, an ice planet, uh, over. Um, over industrialized planet and then a cloud city. So, you know, I think it's going to be one of the more ooh, no, I actually just heard straight up explosions this time, so I'm pretty sure that's what I heard the last time. Uh so yeah, anyway, super cool. Um so uh my goodness, my cat's I'm like spraying at him right now. I don't know if you hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: I did click yet. Yeah.
0: yeah, he's just sitting there by my door going, Wee! but if I open the door, then he'll do the same thing. And I'd rather not have both my roommate hearing me and me hearing my roommate. <laughs> um. Anyway, so last week we did have a substantial update to the roadmap. Uh, so I'm going to go through some of the highlights, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what's exciting, what's interesting. Um. So on the project pro, ooh, progress tracker side, so that's the big old you know Gantt chart of all things, not telling us when it's going to be delivered, but you kind of get a sense of when it might be. There's quite a bit. Um, they've added laser trip mines, which will be in the game. They're explosives that use light beams as triggers. Um, frontier clothing, so generating concepts for frontier-style clothing for players and NPCs. Female player head completing a model and texture polish for the female player's head. After this pass on this asset, it'll be sent to tech animation for rigging update. I guess they may have not done a good job with the previous one or they need to enhance it. I don't know. Uh DGS mesh node implements multiple dedicated game servers and clients connected to the same instance of the hybrid service and allows DGS to exchange entities and authority over them. I don't know what that meant. Sounds <laughs> like something, sounds like server meshing oriented. Um, anyone have an idea what that means? It sounds I like I have
2: no idea. No.
0: It sounds like it's passing entities from one server to another. Um, next one, even more uh uh server meshing oriented, shard manager add functionality to the hybrid for what will become the shard manager component service. The shard manager's functionality is responsible for creating a shard in the entity graph database, ensuring that it is seeded with an initial population of entities, communicating with matchmaking so that players can join a shard and talking to provisioning services so that a hybrid and dedicated game server uh, dedicated game server can be assigned to a shard. Oh, DGS, dedicated game server mesh node. Okay, that's what DGS stands for. Okay, so this sounds to me, if I can just try and layman it up, um, and I could be completely wrong, so forgive me, but it sounds like to me, this is the thing that makes sure that if your server shards off into multiple servers, the people you're in a party with Will go to the same server so that you're in the same instance, versus splitting you into different instances. That's my only guess, because it sounds like moving entities to the right server plus having the right seated populate. I don't know. It's very complex. <laughs> um, inventory unstow. So unstow refers to the fetching to fetching an item from inventory and placing it into a shard. For example, a ship loaded with a cargo being unstowed removes the ship and its associated cargo from the inventory and places it into the game. This work implements moving an item's persistent data from an inventory into a shard managed by that all-familiar entity graph and adding the item to the replication layer. Very complex stuff. I'm assuming um, this all screams server meshing. Uh, Entity, stow, destroy, stow, refer, to moving on. Uh, same thing. Moving am into an inventory. For example, a ship loaded with cargo being stowed stores the ship and its associated cargo. The work implements removing items from the replication layer, moving its persistent data into an inventory managed by an entity graph. Okay, so now the pieces are coming together for me. Yeah. Essentially what it's saying is we're mapping the data of of what things that you own, what entities you own. And as soon as you call it, you know, you, you unstow it, it becomes part of the the persistent universe and it gets put into uh, a physicalized form, AKA the replication layer. When you stow it, it does the opposite. Um, item port mod API. This API allows tools like via vehicle modification app to modify ship low lights inside inventories. Uh, shard data query API. This API allows game mode access to common queries against entity graph data a lot of complex terms here. Freeform variable API, uh, Blackboard service for game code systems to write generic persistent variables. All right, now we get to things that we can actually accurately predict what it means. <laughs> um, AI navigation links, ladders, ledge, grab. Implementing special adapters to allow the navigation system to be informed of potential nav mesh. It actually still sounds complicated, but it makes more sense. Nav mesh connections offered by ladders or ledge grab markup. The navigation links already allowed the creation of adapters that contain game code specific functionality to to function as sort of translators between um, system specific domain and the navigation system. Can I just say someone else has been writing these updates compared to other people. Um, this sounds like Tron, uh, some kind of robots, just like me um, people pepper. They must be really fun at a bar. Uh, AI trolley push and pull. Let's see how technical this could sound. Uh, this will be the first pass on implementing the ability for NPCs to use trolleys and trolley like entities. They will be able to move in the environment and pulling those entities to place them from two specific locations. This requires the creation of a special path follower that can take, uh, this actually sounds logical or like makes sense to me. So very specific, essentially needs to balance for, uh, you know, desired speed based on external forces. Um, AI ground vehicles first passed on supporting NPCs, controlling and driving around ground vehicles. Requires the implementation of the new path follower uh, that can take care of the vehicle's physical abilities to transform the MPC's movement request into actual movement. Essentially sounds like takes the MPC's actions and turns it into an actual vehicle behavior. Yeah. Uh, AI unmanned missile turrets, adding AI controlled missile turrets to improve defense of green zones. We heard about that already. Um, by the way, I don't know. I, I, I did not have enough time in my life to actually go through all of these updates and figure out where it quote unquote ends, but take a look for yourselves. Uh, as you can see alphabetical order, we're still in AI AI medical implementing a variety of medical AI behaviors. I'm going to leave it there because that's a lot. Um, yes. Actually a patient will arrive at the hospital and check themselves in the terminal, then wait to see uh, wait to be seen and called to a room for diagnosis. That's enough. All right. Um, I want to know, the,
2: do they have that rubber glove technology in where the nurses call you snapping the glove <laughs> with a finger <laughs> raised in the air?
0: <laughs> Sir, you turn that age. Mr. Kiki. Get an examination. <laughs> um, then there's AI leisure, which sounds amazing. Uh, leisure Hi. behavior is a segment of new civilian behavior systems. Controlling how AI be- behaves when they have free time during their schedule. They
2: stand on chairs with their arms out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. Um, <laughs> they do things like relaxing, <clears throat> having fun, uh, using things like exercise equipment, jogging routes, TV monitors, seats, benches, and their Moby Glass. Okay. I mean, I can only imagine how people are with their cell phones today. The Moby Glass must be just as addictive. <laughs> Uh, and then there's AI dancing. Uh, well, that'd be fun. AI using a pole. In, no, nope, just kidding. Now, um, the question
2: is, will it be AI dancing and girl gives you a dirty look, even though she's an AI and you weren't actually looking at her because you didn't want to offend her? I mean.
0: <laughs> um, actually, if you listen to this, this is actually – it sounds kind of interesting. I was joking about the pole, but dancing is a segment of our new civilian AI leisure behavior. After work, some civilians will have the urge to spend time at a nightclub and dance the night away. This will bring new life and movement to our bars. I agree. That'd be fun. Now, if only the bartender (laughs) would serve me, first of all, serve me at all. Instead of be like, what do you want? How come you won't order anything? You know, we don't get paid for nothing here. And then when you do try to ask for something, it's like, do you want a beer or a rum and coke?
1: You only get two choices Yeah
0: it's that's like, it. Um, Can I have a really stiff martini Thank you um, Or like This is how you know I'm playing chopped with booze in my house I have a gin And white claw I used yeah. white claw as a, as a mixer Like a real classy broad
1: <laughs> Yeah That's impressive sir <laughs> You know what they don't taste too bad together no they probably don't it's better than tequila and gatorade i guess
0: Ooh, yeah yeah. you know what when i was away in um in tybee island that's where i went there was a drink at one of the bars that was gatorade and i think rum and they called it something referencing a gator and it was frozen and it looked and tasted disgusting but whatever it was to it gives you a little bit of um Of
1: recovery while you're drinking, so so basically you're telling us that you tried it. I did.
2: There's one of those drinks in every country I've been in. Clearly, there's nothing
0: beneath me. I'm using White Claw as a mixer, so yeah. Apparently, hot sauce as as bougie as I act.
2: Jägermeister was hot sauce. Used to be called the rusty nail in Germany.
3: Ooh. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I
0: don't like Jager at all. Yeah, hot sauce is it. good. But you like I like it, it in a drink. Uh-uh. I feel like <laughs> it even worse with hot sauce. Oh, God.
2: It <laughs> <That laughs> hurts like, my soul. It's like, it's like Rusty Veil through the eye.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs>
0: like, oh. Oh. oh, yeah. The eye, quote unquote. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we actually moved, we jumped from A to F. Fire hazard, the fire hazard system will track fire and temperature on static and dynamic objects for the initial release of fire. The feature will be set up on a few select ships, uh, destructible workflow, building out a workflow to assist or allow artists and designers to work with destructible objects. Uh, Oh goodness. Here we go. More inside baseball stuff. Uh, Maya live link, Maya live link establishes a link between Maya and the engine sandbox editor. It's a, uh, it is primarily meant to give animators the best possible. What you see is what you get style preview quality by seamlessly integrating the editor rendered images in the Maya viewport. Okay, cool. Um, rescue slash transport mission. This is exciting and this is something that was pointed out to me by fish the other night cause I didn't listen to it completely. Taking advantage of AI follow behaviors to create missions where players transport customers from one location to another, along Gosh. with prototype missions where the player must rescue imperiled clients from dangerous situations and escort them to safety. It does Infiltrate. sound fun. Yes, yeah. it does, and it sounds like maybe you might be able to use luxury. Um. Uh, infiltrate slash defend mission underground facilities are the first place to benefit from the addition of spawn closets, which allow us to expand the suite of missions that take place. there. missions range from all out assaults to situations where you may be able to complete objectives without the need to engage in combat. At all and include both lawful and unlawful versions. Um, here.
2: What checkup just showed up. In I just Discord? saw his message show up on uh, Discord.
0: Oh, will um, you send him the link to this? We can have him join in. Yeah, let's do that. He'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm hour late. In Russia, that means that you're a day early. I don't know why that would be the case. I actually feel like Russians are more prompt, probably. There goes that mechanical keyboard. Sorry about that. No, oh, no, please. No, I didn't I didn't put a link in that chat. It's above it. I use the Zencastr one. Yeah, but I did it in a different
2: chat.
3: Oh. Here, okay. you know, I'm doing it right now from my my mobile.
0: All right, Be right so, there, yeah. Um, All right, good. So we'll see what happens, uh, and then we have Calm Array mission improvements. So several mission improvements and totally new missions set across and around the comrays with a specific focus on PvP content. Um, so some exciting stuff there. Uh, changes from Did you say
2: Com Calm Array repair.
0: No, uh, com a mission improvements.
2: Okay. Okay. I was hoping there'd be something like a repair
0: thing or, but it's new upgrade mission. I'm sure that that will be a thing at some point. Too. That would be fun. Um, that, some changes. Oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, is that their effort for zero G FPS?
0: You know, it didn't say so. They, all they said was PVP was the emphasis. Um, that so would
2: be a good, cool thing.
0: So it could be. It could be. They didn't say whether it was in ships or, well, the, you
1: know, like EVA. Am I wrong when I, if I remember, the comrays had the interiors that you could go down yep. into. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And they do have counter missions already. So once someone turns the Comaray off, which is a mission for pirates, right. um, then we. The civilians are notified and we can go turn it back on and, or you may encounter someone there, but I think they're trying to Im- increase the chance that you're going to encounter someone there. I would imagine just to, just to guess, um, turning a comrade off, isn't going to be the same, like push a button going forward. It's probably going to use hacking gameplay that comes out next patch. Um, and then that way you keep someone there longer. You might get the notification that there's an intrusion in the system. You may actually catch people, quote unquote, with their pants down and engage in
1: gameplay. So does the counter mission come on uh, as soon as the, somebody accepts the mission to turn the comrade off?
0: Good question. I don't know if it's when the, I think it's when the comrade goes down.
1: So it'd be a lot better if they, once somebody accepts that one mission, the counter mission is offered at the same time to protect it. You know what I mean? Cause then yeah. you definitely get more interaction at that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um,
0: so it should be, int- I mean, I just like seeing some of the mission improvements, even though, I mean, I thought there would be a few more, but I guess we'll see. Uh, Some changes that, however, from current state, uh, physical QT movement, this deliverable had been previously removed from the roadmap. It's actually back in the progress tracker and has been scheduled to be worked on in Q3 by the physics team. So I think that's a a change in in the quantum travel travel behavior. And then um, last but not least on changes to progress tracker, uh, MISC hole B. Uh, the whole B was originally scheduled to be worked with at the same time as the whole A however they needed more resources to be allocated to the whole A so they are temporarily removing the whole B from the progress tracker until they can reschedule it um, not devastating you know the B's not exactly um, you know end all be all end all be all um, it does have 284
2: cargo which is pretty good
0: yes exactly um, but It is a change. Now, what is interesting is with the release view, two things have been added to it for um, 3.17, and they're both pretty exciting. First is persistent hangers. So players will have the ability to have their own persistent hangers. This will bring changes to the cargo gameplay loop by allowing players to buy cargo and send it to their hangers then maximize their cargo storage space by allowing them to pack the goods themselves. Gone will be the days of getting booted from your hangars because you were there for too long. Uh, so logisticians. Nice. Let your ears. perk. Yeah. And yes. then um, second, which is also exciting and has been teased and alluded to for so long outpost homestead independent and outlaw a small home for AI to live and shelter. They consist of a central hub and a few optional internal and external modules. They provide the basic necessities to support a small group of people for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, so, uh, and, and I see Chekhov is coming into the, into the audio right now. It says guest, so he must be in the,
3: the green room.
0: Here Here he is. is. It's Chekhov. It's Chekhov. Chekhov, can you hear me? (laughs) Chekhov, we can't hear you. Put headset as default. I know it's been a long time. Uh,
2: it is, I see the, the line going across.
0: It's like it's like a corpse, because it's just straight. <laughs> There's no heartbeat there, huh? Exactly.
1: <coughs>
0: Hello, Chekhov. Are you there? I see no microphone symbol. <sighs>
2: I see a microphone symbol, but it's kind of great,
0: It's grayed out, yeah.
2: Yeah. All of yours are. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm the only one that's...
0: Oh, best. maybe because I'm the host, I get to... Because I can mute you if I want to. That's why. Uh, oh, nice.
1: Yeah. The power. Oh. I was going to say oh. the power of the, the pen there, huh? Ultimate <laughs> power. <laughs> oh... So how uh, how big is the the whole A?
0: It's small. It doesn't even have the exterior cargo. He makes Russian moves. He wears bloody shoes. Chekhov is finally here, folks. Bow and respect. Welcome back, Chekhov.
4: Hello, everybody.
0: <laughs> how you doing, Chekhov? On off? earth have you been, Chekhov?
4: Mm. Hmm? Oh, too much going on? It's summer. It's
0: Regale us. Regale us in your jersey yeah. summer.
4: I know. It's hard to make it back indoors when it's summer. Actually, today is the NBA final, too. But So they gave that up just to be on the spot, yes. There you go. <laughs>
3: uh,
4: Hamer joined us, too. So
2: I think you've met before, haven't you, too?
0: Uh,
4: I, I think so. We met yeah the game,
1: I believe. A few weeks yeah. ago, yeah, I think yeah. so.
0: Okay, yeah anyway check off we just finished a very extensive roadmap update um but just in in an effort to catch up um have you been up to anything in the game thus far oh not uh, <clears throat>
4: not too much but uh i mean lately it's been mining back to mining i found the new spot seems to be pretty lucrative uh, aaron's aaron's halo um uh, so that's that's pretty now, much
0: it. How are you getting to Aaron's Halo without um oh. without having <laughs> Levski as a way as a waypoint?
4: That's that's actually a great question because I'm going the opposite way. Yeah. I'm going from Harlow two and uh, Sigurd, you know, lately has been a very adventurous and a risky player. He actually locks out in bed. So several times he actually logged out in the Halo. So he gave me a waypoint, so I yeah. could go right in there. Yeah, I uh, like doing that. It's actually fun. Oh,
0: it's actually great. fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so it's so good to have you back, Chekhov. Yeah, um,
4: good I feel to be, like Brad. we've
0: we've been missing that sassy, um, mm. you know. Very little movement tone of your voice um, mm-hmm. spice to our episodes
4: oh, the the okay so that that's your uh, sort of a way of saying you you missed my excite, excitement and energy that I bring to this podcast
0: exactly <laughs> i I tried to replicate <laughs> I tried to replicate you at the beginning of the episode, and uh-huh. I just had to abandon it because it just was uh-huh. not not up to par.
2: He sounded way too manly for you, you know? uh-huh. Gotcha.
0: Oh, hang on, I sounded way too manly for Chekhov Yeah, that's
2: yeah, a, a slam
0: I was, I was gonna say I practically sound like I'm I'm practically like, hey y'all, how y'all doing? Uh-huh. I do declare Mr. Chekhov um, Compared to like, I am rugged man, I have boat uh-huh. I'm on a yeah. boat project yes. manage that Sigurd <laughs>
3: <The trend>. um, <laughs> yes sir <laughs> I like my uh, job
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Chekhov you made it just <laughs> in time for everyone's favorite segment do you know what it is
4: really are we are up to the science already
0: it's time for science
4: <laughs> oh my god that one's quick <laughs> That, that was quick.
0: We've way. been recording for almost an hour, Chekhov.
4: What do you mean? I just saw a link pop up. you minutes ago. Oh, well, we, It was an earlier link. There. Yeah. Oh, I oh, got okay. yeah. yeah,
0: It's, so it's be... almost... It's 20 of 10, mm-hmm. Chekhov. Oh, you're going to be on
2: you You're going to be on the second volume oh, of uh, okay. the
4: podcast. So, I'm on the second half of the
0: cast. Exactly. Yeah. We have 47 God. minutes and 27 seconds before you joined... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But either way uh, For those who don't know For science we talk about what we've done In the name of science um, Why don't I go first through the submissions We got from our listeners Because there's quite a few actually Thanks everyone for submitting these um, So First is um, Captain Sirian Kier- uh, Sorry Kieran. Kieran There we go I always say Sirian It's Captain Kieran Yep. He allowed he let us know how horrible we've been butchering his name. Um and he said, so it isn't science, but I found a weird bug. Um to me that's for science because let's face it, we're testing. Um I went mining, refined the goods, then logged back and twenty four hours later, placed the cargo in my freelancer Max that I pledged, went to the ship, no physical cargo, thought it was weird, but maybe just didn't spawn yet, flew to Lorville. Get to Lorville, go to the back, still no cargo. I think, hmm, I hope this isn't a wasted train trip. Got to the terminals. Eventually, cargo is there. Yay, try to sell it An error. All terminals, error. I give up and log off and try again after work. Same thing. Try ArcCorp yeah. instead. Same thing. I gave up and just wrote off the loss. Then this morning, I had an epiphany. So the subscriber ships seem to be the freelancer bunch this month, or at least those are all added to my terminal. When I put my refined materials in my max, it attributed some of it to my max. And for some reason, the actual physical cargo appeared in the loaner freelancer. Just need to see if it will sell as the terminal showed the cargo on the max, but said error when I tried to sell it. Now at our cor- corp once more, and it sells. Weird bug. Be careful with your freelancers. Super yeah. odd. Um, yeah. yeah,
4: that's good.
2: That's a good thing to call out.
0: Karen, thank that you for providing that, that data. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. As as I'm about to fill up my freelancer <laughs> Max. So wait, was that a freelancer or freelancer yeah. Max?
0: Uh, He he tried to put it in a freelancer max, but for some reason it was on a freelancer. But he's a subscriber,
2: so we all have the freelancer series right now as subscribers. Okay, yeah. So you get up with one X of each in your in your hanger.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, now MK three generic. Um, replied. I've recorded the eluded meth method of forceful spawning a ship in an R and R hangar. I will be sharing this with the Reed org defense apparatus. And until the sensitivity has been determined, it will be unlisted for the time being. So if you recall, we, he he was talking about spawning a smaller ship in the hangar for strategic purposes, he's decided not to, not to broadcast that to the world quote unquote. Um. So yeah, I guess, Read, folks, check in the uh, defense page. Um, last but not least for, for science experiments, Poise, who's relatively new to the org, as well as um, our Discord for Readcast, said, Orson's height is 80 kilometers above the surface of Crusader. I launched my Starfarer off the edge into the abyss below, and it imploded at approximately 17 kilometers to the surface
2: for science. Interesting. That's a
0: good one. Yeah. Uh, By the way, for those who are curious, um, it's 80 kilometers up, uh, Orson is. It takes uh, up to, I believe it's 146 kilometers before you can actually quantum out. And it is a haul right now, considering the planet's low gravity. Um, Mm -hmm. It is way too hard than than I think it should be. It's atmosphere, I think yeah that's what i that it, it's giving you some drag. It does feel like it's giving drag providing a lot of drag um, mm-hmm. so Haymar, have you done anything for science this past week?
1: Uh, I can confirm your uh uh jumping off the side of one of the non uh landing zone areas in worsen it took me uh a good six or eight minutes to finally die so oh so, really. The same thing your buddy did there on uh, the starfare I is I landed on one of the random platforms like I've oh, been wow. doing all day and I just jumped off the side because so I had a Cuddy <laughs> Red and uh, I didn't spawn back on the Cuddy Red. I was so far away. Letter, so, it's a bug.
0: What's so interesting is if you jump off the landing zone platforms and I think you alluded to this, you pretty much die almost immediately.
1: Yes. And so I did confirm that on any of the platforms, I must have landed on 40 of them today. Oh uh, wow. And the ran fact around, that there's 40 is crazy. oh I think there's more than that easily. Um but just ringing off the side on one of them just to see what happened and about 10 minutes later I finally died. Um wow. So and for uh, those who
0: those for for those who don't know, every platform of those 40, a lot of them are about the size of I would venture to guess the center of our Corp. Like it's a pretty large lawn with several buildings on it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a, big enough for a uh, Cuddy Red to land on almost every one of them. Yeah. You could I, finesse it. Mean, I landed it my
0: Carrick on quite a few.
1: And so, uh, yeah, I did that. And the other thing is just I spent several hours just checking out all the platforms to see. I found a few elevators that worked. and uh, Yep. That's about it. Never fell through the floor once, I think. And, uh, you know, some of the scenery that you don't actually get to see unless you go inside some of the little cubby holes. So it was was pretty neat. Just occurred to me. I haven't
0: moved into the game in a while, and I think my game crashed. But That's okay. I wasn't really playing anyway. Uh, Seaguard. What have you done in the name of science this past week? So I
2: did, I did the, a lot of that out stuff this week. So uh, I had very good luck. I had uh, tried it in anything from an Aurora through a, a Terrapin to a Constellation, um, uh, Mantis, a uh, couple other ships. And I just would log out either in space, um, which actually I think I, the planet worked well. I've done that two mm-hmm. or three times, different ships. I logged out right next to the space station down near the Navy docks, where the, the docks are actually kind of like at the at the hub. I got in the corner of the hub, parked the ship there, you know, kept my lights on and logged out in bed there, woke up exactly in the same spot, which was what I was hoping. So it means I I could literally sleep all night in my ship protected by the station. Um in theory, even though the you know the ship probably goes away.
0: I you thought in theory was my phrase. <laughs>
2: yeah. And then um I think the most interesting one was I jumped from Hurston towards um Arc L five or Arc L one down near Arkor. And I stopped at a random point. I was actually looking for the Aaron's halo in there, and I stopped 890 kilometers, eight hundred and ninety kilometers, kilometers kilometers from um Arcale one in the middle of mm. nowhere and i decided i'm gonna log out and see where i come back to and when i came in the next day i came out exactly the same place same distance i was able to turn on my quantum drive check the distance it was exactly the same so it didn't take me to the sun it didn't do any of those things so i'm pretty pleased that's great yeah, I, I, it it does make it viable, and like Yuri said, I was able to go out and hang out in the uh, Aaron's Halo, and it really was helpful for people. I mean, right? I mean, I could get out in my P fifty two and go out there and scan a little bit, and uh, they had a place to jump to, uh, could move the ship around, practice my docking while they're going back and forth, and uh, and it was fun. So
0: great, um, Monsieur Chekov. How about yourself? I don't know why I decided to be French that moment.
4: <laughs> uh I don't know must be my uh, French heritage. I think my, <laughs> my my yeah didn't you know my grandfather was from uh France You're actually like, oui, my, oui, oui, Jacques and my my grandfather was German. But anyway, uh I think I, I don't know if this is anything really new, but uh, because the only thing I really did was mine, but what I did find is that I had a well, a couple of things. First of all, the this is—I uh, mean, most people <laughs> know this—but uh, I find that combination of helix and uh, lancet. There were two of us mining fish, and myself it, that's the definitely the best. I mean, that the, you can crack any rock smooth. They kind of balance each other, and really gives it a nice controlled. Sort of crack at, at the at most of the rocks doesn't matter what size and uh, or or the combination of uh, uh, of minerals and the other thing is I had a couple of stackable uh, uh, consumables well they're not consumables there I guess mm-hmm. what what was the other passive the, or, yeah passive yeah. Uh, components. Yeah, yeah the passive components and one thing I do have to confirm is that uh, one was a uh, uh a, a minus 40% uh as far as the uh the sweep up speed and the other one was plus uh 50%, right? So they actually counterbalance each other and I did get 10% <clears throat> plus. So you could stack them and oh, and, nice. and get desirable results out of it. Uh, so I I got both, you know, the um what I needed on the, on on the, you know, the other attributes, plus by stacking them, I didn't really give up the vacuum rate either. So that sort of worked out well. That's great. That's kind of my for science thing.
0: That's great. Um, Mine was all PTU oriented. A couple things I did. One, I did test missile operator mode. It feels good. um, But I will say the changes to combat, made me definitely say to myself, this is why I'm a scientist um, really? because I am not good. I, I couldn't do this the simplest bounty mission in a, in a cutless black.
4: Um,
3: oh, no. oh it, that's it was, horrible.
0: Yeah. I was, well, first of all, the AI has gotten better. So the AI actually fights. So it doesn't feel like I ha I can just pew pew it to death But it's just I'm not good at ship-based combat in general. And um, this is making – it's very clear that people who are talented are going to be better at this, um, at least initially. Now, granted, what they did say is they rebalanced the ships. So maybe maybe this means that if I had a Cutlass Black with someone in the co-pilot seat and someone in the gunner seat, we would be a force to be reckoned with because the co-pilot could Mm -hmm. spam missiles I could shoot the main guns and then we got a turret that might actually mean a lot more. And turrets are supposed to be a lot better with capacity, but now it's all about a decision between if you're going to use ballistics, they run out a lot faster. So, you know, it's going to be very decisive. The other thing that I tested, which is cooler in my mind, because I'm a geek um, and a scientist is I tested the new scanning. So, The way it works in the new world is tab doesn't open scanning anymore. Tab pings. So if you hit tab, it sends out a ping. You get this really nice little cloud around any phenomena. If you hit V, it brings up a scanning menu. And at certain distances, depending on how good your scanners are, and I don't know if they implemented the difference between scanners yet, but you'll be able to scan for information. And the closer you get, you get more information. So it'll to- tell mm-hmm. you the signal strength of what you're scanning. So I tested this by taking a prospector out to Yella. And I did a ping, got tons. First of all, it, if this was any indicator, if the PTU is any indicator, we have a lot more mineables in asteroids right now. Hmm. Um, including a decent amount of quantanium, smaller amounts in yellow, but still I saw quantanium, maybe every three rocks. Wow. That's Um, great. But what you get is, so you put that ping out, you see a little cloud, you could ping almost like a couple seconds after. So you don't have to wait a few seconds, like for that whole thing to run out anymore. And then you scan, you ping, you get a little closer. You could scan about 7,000 kilometers away. And get a sense of, get a slight idea of what you might be seeing. So you're 7,000 kilometers away. You'll see almost like a weight value. You don't know if it has to do with an asteroid or anything else. But so far, it's only in increments of 5,000. So 5,000 means it's sort of like something light. So like a single asteroid or a single ship. And then 10,000 means there's more than one in that that space. Mm. You get closer, you get more refined as soon as you get to about 5,000, you can actually scan down the asteroid and know what's in it. Mm. The percentages look bugged because they don't reflect what's actually in it. But then if you switch to mining mode and you get a little closer, you can see. Mm -hmm. Um, So it at least lets you know what you want to get closer to. So you'll know if there's quantanium by like 5,000 meters out. And then with ships... When you scan down a ship, if you get close enough, you can see the owner, the rightful owner of the ship, Hmm. the faction they belong to, if the ship's stolen, um, the name of the ship, all the components in the ship, what's on the ship, even to the point that I, I got, there are 500 med pens. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so cool it gives stuff. you a full list of things. So scanning is very detailed, and I can only imagine they're going to refine it and make it even cooler. So that was really exciting.
4: That is cool. Yeah, I'm just really disappointed in combat. I thought it was supposed to become a little bit
0: slower. So actually... No, that, it's definitely going to make it slower. I survived yeah. a long time. I just couldn't kill them. Now, yeah. I'm not a good example. So like one of you guys, probably will have a different you'll acclimate to it
4: yeah i think it has to be most strategic with capacitors yeah it has to be the really really have to understand the whole uh you know loadouts uh and do it the right way
0: from what i've heard it sounds like turrets are now even more viable because they have a higher capacity they don't um So that means that you can have consistent fire with a turret before you run out and have to recharge if it's a laser turret or a laser repeater. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It seems like it's going to be really interesting. We will have many, many experiments uh, going forward. Um, Yeah. So Seaguard posted a couple of questions.
4: Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I just realized I uh, I have a you know full load in a freelancer max. I'm about to get to Lorville. I get a crime stat one. Oh my god! I I better get myself out of here. I have about half a million worth of stuff to sell. They're gonna blow me up, right? Yeah, they will. Oh shoot. Go to Yellow, go to Grim Hex, park it. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll, 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 I'll check it in, right? If I request landing, I'm safe, right? Uh, I think don't, so. I don't yeah. know. I don't have to land. I just have to request landing. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to bore everybody. At least up on in the old world. Ahead.
0: Um. <laughs> So Seagard actually had a series of questions because we were away last. Well, I was away last week, and so we were away last week. Um, but for last week's episode, uh, he asked in advance, uh, what, "Why don't you ask Seagard? Do you do you know?" I don't have it up head? in front of me. Oh, all right, I got it. Yeah, uh, your question was realistically, what ship do you see yourself using the most in the game, or do you see yourself crewing on someone else's ship? Consider the difficulty of finding a crew, risk of losing upgrades, cargo, and personal equipment, and the operating costs. Uh, One thing I'll point out really quickly is bigger ships definitely have a much larger time to kill. Okay. Um, So, responses. Uh, Boris Kraken said, at the moment, it's a caterpillar and then probably a reclaimer. I'll probably have four NPC men to gun and things. But more than happy to cruise someone else's ship, uh, as I think that'll be more of a thing as things flesh out. Okay, good. Um, and then, sorry, I, I was texting someone. Oh. <laughs> bad, bad geeky. Uh, then Nyar uh, responded with I see future me spending the bulk of my time in a terrapin. Awesome, because I love that. Sort of like a forward scout. Um, yeah. Currently, it seems to me that the terrapin will be the best choice for exploring and reconnaissance while emphasizing stealth and survivability. It should also be economical to operate and offers solid living amenities. Although I wish it had SCU or t- an SCU or two of cargo, fingers crossed for good scanner chair gameplay mechanics. A hundred percent agree. Yep.
2: Yeah. Another good answer. These are all good. These are all good. There is pe- no bad answer.
0: Yeah, and yeah. for every character endeavor or Connie, we're going to need terrapins. Like, yeah. And I, I have a terrapin for this reason because I think terrapins are pretty cool. Yeah, I have one too. I like it. It's just a really like it looks like a turtle. It flies like a turtle. <laughs> it's it's got turtle some of the best fly.
2: contrails or. Of- vortices yeah. off of it.
0: It's it also cool. has a great VTOL too.
2: Yeah, it really does.
0: And what they haven't implemented yet that they've talked about that I didn't even realize until li- like kind of later on is it also has a canopy shield. Oh, I didn't know that. Just like the Carrick. did not know that. I didn't either, um, but then I saw an animation for it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, oh, he also followed, uh, so actually, he didn't follow up Boris uh, Kraken followed up with being the most armored, it should also be best for cloud diving at Crusader as well. Good point. Um, Jandl uh, said, currently I plan to spend about half my time hauling freight and escorting cargo vessels and the rest to serve as crew on science expeditions, salvage operations, etc. Good stuff. Yes. uh, We like to hear that. Um, Captain Kieran, uh, also said, I honestly haven't thought that far ahead. I don't get to play as often as I'd like. So that tends to lean me in solo play direction. Lots of bounty hunting, rock mining, and prospecting. I'll probably be quite fluid in the ships and rules I fill. I know that barely answers. He said barely. That's not his accent, but. Um, barely, I said it almost like I was from the deep South or something, barely, or maybe not deep South, more like Texas, uh, answers the question, but it's an angle, slight smile. Uh, part two, however, after some thought, I imagine my everyday ship will be my freelancer Max. She's my baby all rounder that I can use for most things. If I need to go bounty hunting, I'll bring out a fighter. Otherwise I can use Lindy, my beloved freelancer Max.
2: There you go.
0: Mm. Uh, Ursakin replied with, my most frequently used ship will depend on a lot of factors related to the ability to solo a ship. My dream would be to have an NPC crew convoy, or NPC crewed convoy um, that I can move from location to location that I can operate as a base. I'm not optimistic that I'll be able to hire NPCs for that type of work though. In my home system, I will likely do something small and comfortable like a 325a. When it, um, when in the verse for looking for looking periods, I will almost certainly be in the Carrick. That's the correct answer, Ursa. And for those medium journeys, <laughs> it's looking to be an MSR as my favorite. also a great answer. My second favorite ship. Oh, do what? Um, <laughs> Carrick for the win. <laughs> um, I should just have Carrick t shirts. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, the level of fanboy I have for that ship is almost, almost, it's definitely vaguely obsessive. Um, MK3 generic tells us, see what I mean? There's a ton of responses. Um, It'll most likely be something utilitarian with some basic creature comforts, the Nomad probably with a bunch of common spares in the back. If not that, I can see myself doing some long support hauls, moving shipments of food, drinks, and other gear needed on long explor- exploratory missions.
2: It's
0: all, all right, I'm, good starting <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice. All right. Poise. Being a large shipman myself, I see myself flying something large that's also easily solvable, but still profitable. Tough cut to make, but I have a few in my hangar that fit the bill. I can see the Carrick being a relatively safe ship to solo around the verse. Correct response, boys. It's large fuel capacity an advanced sensor array can make for a minimal cost fairly safe and efficient daily driver. I also see myself transporting large volumes of passengers on my Genesis Starliner, especially with those new missions, making sure I greet every NPC and or player that enters the docking ramp to ensure a sense of safety in my passengers, that they are in the hands of a pilot who cares. All this after checking on... By the way, folks, commas are your best friend. Um... all this after checking <laughs> up on the sales quota of my new merchantman selling off the goods from the spoils of my latest expedition with friends. I am not opposed to crewing someone else's ship, but I see myself being far too busy with intricacies to have the opportunity. Love the podcast guys. It keep uh, it helps me keep my mind on important things at work. Wink. So then poise. So sorry that we let you down last week. Um, <laughs> But quite frankly, if you're dependent on us, (laughs) um, I suggest adding some more podcasts to your repertoire, Um, despite our slight consistency. Uh, And then actually not related to the question at all, and I actually, he might just be responding to something that we were talking about, but Boris... Uh, Kraken said, but, uh at Seaguard. I was going to say by the way because I'm adding my own flair for some reason. Uh, at Seaguard, Nine Tails leaks did release the voice lines. It has nothing to do with Alasar, but does have to do with the rest stops. Two different ones um, from my memory.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: I, I believe that's correct. I don't think yeah, it does we have had to
2: discussed. Do with I had I had a little theory in my mind that it would be neat if we could defend Alasar or attack yeah. Alasar. Right, yeah.
0: Um. I will say, no. I don't think this is spoiler, Spoilery, but there's like news feeds in, um, Orion uh, that mention nine Tails and the fact that Crusader security is really good at thwarting them. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it has to do with some of the stations close to Crusader. But I. I I mean, it'd be cool if it were all a star, but I have a feeling it won't be. Um, cool. Anyone? Anyone want to comment? Like, um, hey, Mart. You know what? What do you see your everyday ship being?
1: Uh, I I'm a, I am a fan of the Carrick, but the I think there's a fuel cost. Job. Yeah, uh, I think there's a fuel <laughs> cost problem with that one, and it's really not defensible by yourself yeah uh, i've had more luck in a caterpillar to be quite honest with you and uh, yeah i I've been tooling around with the c two um if you can find the right commodity to buy uh that's a pretty safe bet you know you can get away get a little bit of firepower to shoot with um for the logistics you know commodity trading those are pretty good ships you, know, you can't beat them um Like I said, I'm kind of all over the place Half of it's logistics Commodities, trading, things like that And the other half is just tooling around Blowing up stuff uh, When the the need arises So you gotta So, you know, I don't know As far as, other than those kind of ships The uh, You know, take your pick of the Vanguard uh, Line of ships The Sentinel or something like that I'm not a big fan of it The Harbinger, I think, was the other one uh, now, or, are you
0: are you someone who's more likely to fly solo or with a crew?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, flying solo seems to be a little bit easier. But I mean, I I have flown quite a bit just being a gunner or having somebody gun for me. Uh, it, it's always you know when you when it's convenient, you know, if you got time uh, to play and there's somebody with you that can gun for you. That's you know, grab a turret and that's fine. But uh, if I only got an hour, I'm going to always go solo. Yeah. Yeah. I think
2: that's the rapid play. It is easier to go solo. There's no doubt.
1: Well, you don't have to wait. You don't, you know, hey, meet me here. And that's 15 minutes. And, yeah, you know, and then, you know, if you're getting on somebody else's ship, you don't really know. And yeah. they take off. And yeah. all of a sudden, they don't yeah. even have half the components on their ship. Like they said they or thought they did, you know. The, yeah so a it's a, for joining an org yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just a matter <laughs> of how much time you got is what yeah a down yeah. To. Yeah. And I, yeah i, I like think uh,
2: i do think that uh there's a originally i think when chekhov and i first started we were both kind of set on playing tuesdays and thursdays and we kind of got on at the same time and and then we we joined an org together and then we ended up at this org together um and i think i think as a as a, trying to run as a crew, I would like to do that personally, either as a crew member or as the captain and have crewmates underneath me, you know, maybe once or twice a week or something and set a regular schedule. So I know I have someone to play with when I get on. Uh, and then, and I could be either the crew or the captain. I wouldn't care. Uh, you know, just calm and play together. And then for a solo play, I'm like you, know, it would be, I would limit myself though to a ship that's generally a one person, or maybe the max, like a freelancer. You know, where you can fly it once, uh, one person, pretty effectively.
1: Well, that's part of the excitement of you know taking a carrick and filling it up with cargo by yourself and hauling butt to the to Hurston or wherever you're going to go to sell it. Yeah, you know, there's that's the. The danger of, of doing it, but there's a, a huge reward if you can pull it off. Right, you know. I think the
2: whole B and the I think the whole B is going to be a great one for that. It's a yeah. solo ship with 375 cargo. Yeah, that, that is. It'll, a, it'll be interesting be to see how fast mix. it is, though. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be slower than snail snot. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be challenging for sure.
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, the only way to save money on any of these is to uh, not put in the military grade quantum drive. You know, get the industrial civilian one that just barely sips fuel. Right. And accept that it's going to take some time. Um, but that all goes to trading prices and what you it can does. do. Yeah. Yep. Analysis. That's great. Oh, yeah, too much of it.
0: Um, Chekhov, what about yourself?
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, I mean, it probably would be K. Carrick, uh, but uh, the only drawback is uh, the, the combat part. That's the only thing. Again, we're talking about the one and only ship, if you have. So believe it or not, which I'm kind of actually grinding for, Connie may be the one. But I don't know. I haven't spent that much time in it. You know, it has the little ship that comes with it. Mm-hmm. So you can always get it. You know, you sort of have a you know, little support there. Plus, you can yeah. defend yourself. Has some cargo space. Does not have a med bed, though. That's a big drawback character. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's the whole point of this thing is just, you know, this every ship has so much to offer. And it's hard to really pick one.
2: I think the yeah. nomad. I think the nomad. You know, you played that for quite a while. I think that's a yeah. a good contender for a single seat ship.
4: Oh, for single, for sure. If you if you were to ask me for it for a single seater, yeah, uh, you know, I would say nomad is a big contender. Nomad and the rock combination, because yeah. you can definitely make some money doing that. You can do cargo. You can do mining. You can do hand Maybe mining. Maybe even combat. Yeah, and even yeah, combat. Yeah, and you can do combat, too. That's true. You can yeah,
0: probably yeah. do exploration. Maybe not as in-depth as other things, but yeah. Yeah, it's I'm sure a, you could do at least combat. some level. Yeah.
4: It's got a nice-sized fuel tank, yeah. yeah. It actually... Yeah. You can yeah. get around pretty much yeah. the whole um, system. Yeah. So, and it sounds
2: like, given all the quirks. There's gonna be plenty of spots for crew on a carrick with somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I think that's what is gonna so for me personally, I think by the time we have like the game, of the game, there won't be such a thing as soloing a carrick unless it's like really safe space. Because I think there's just gonna to be too many considerations. So for me it's like if I'm soloing something, it's gonna be something like a prospector or a vulture, you know, a, mm-hmm. a single seater industrial ship. That's what I'll focus on. I probably won't really focus on bounty hunting cause we know I'm not really good at ship to ship combat. Right. Um, and then when it comes to crewing up, ideally I would like to have a fully staffed Carrick running some, some sort of expedition. And that might be a once a week or once every couple of week kind of thing. Um, but you know, obviously, I love that ship and I love flying it. But I actually don't want to fly my own ship because I feel like there's better pilots out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I like the idea of captaining, but you know that might just be me. Uh, so that was Seagart's first question. <laughs> yeah. Um, like if we I have said, to do
2: the next one for next time. We can do that too. Uh, no, this
0: things. one has less responses, and I think we should okay. we should just do it. Okay. You know, we've had we've had plenty of long episodes. This is no exception. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so, uh, Seagard, you had asked for last week. How do you see? T- how do you see yourself taking advantage of the situation or building yourself back up if there's a full reset back to your base package levels? I'm not starting a rumor. Um. So Boris Kraken had said. I'll do some search missions till around 20k in cash, then slowly do trade to get my funds up. The easy mode is mining for time expended to risk and reward. Yep, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Uh, Jandal had said if that happened for 314, I'd start off with running courier missions around Orison as a way of exploring the new area, then build up credits with bounty hunter missions for Crusader. The first ship I buy in game would be a cargo hauler if trading is profitable, otherwise, a prospector for mining. So it seems to be some uh, agreement here. Uh, Loon said, same thing I did when I got in game to begin with mostly. Run packages, then buy a fighter, bounties, prospector, mine and grind back to where I am now. So mining is a critical part apparently. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah. Dullrog also said if a reset like that happened, I would, uh, it would be my excuse to buy a prospector with real money. So I guess it would, um, I guess it will be me, uh, at the start of a serious mining career, mining once again. And last but not least poise said, I see myself flying fighters until I make enough credits to create incentive to crew my larger ships. I don't think it will be as easy to solo my larger ships soon, and that has me excited. Uh, so good stuff. Um, hey, Mart, what do you think?
1: Uh, definitely mining. You gotta. It's a free commodity, you know, and little effort as long as you have a good idea what you're doing. The yeah. running boxes has never been that profitable for me. Maybe I'm just not doing it right, but uh, I've had it. I've had so many 30Ks with boxes in the back of a ship that I don't yeah. want to deal with it anymore. Because um, you have
0: to carry it. It might like, glitch through things.
1: Yeah, I've, I've had more problems than luck with it, so I, I, I don't tend well, to want to well, do that. Box
4: runs were better way back, like we're talking about, like a year ago or more than that. Where you could string a That's how I started with it. And when you string a few of them along, I remember... I could carry 40, 50K at a time. Uh, you can't do that anymore.
1: No, I was going to say, you can't do that anymore. Um, right. Um, bounties, if uh, you've got the ship, uh, you know, it, it depends on the new mechanics. Uh, if bounty hunting like, would work also, but I don't think you can make as much bounty hunting initially as you could mining. So I, I would tend for the mining first and then maybe bounty hunting to break it up and then um, mm-hmm. once you get a once you get a million in cash, uh start trading. And that's where you normally make your big money, you know, unless you're mm. just lucky to get quantanium every time you go out mining. So yeah. I think that's kind of the plan for me.
0: Uh guard of the sea, what about thee?
2: Yeah, So interesting thought I've had around um, cargo running or box running. One person, yeah, box running kind of sucks, but four people doing box runs together and sharing the profit could actually do really well. So you you share the mission. You have four of you. So one guy, you know, three of you are always running a box, and if one of the boxes happens to be really far away, when the other two get back, the fourth guy – Send, you know, they choose a mission and all four accept it, but those three guys run off and complete the mission till the other guy comes back. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could run, you know, a couple boxes an hour, you know, a couple missions an hour, probably make 16 to 20,000 an hour, I think. So that's one option I would think. Um, certainly for me, I will probably, um, uh, I will probably do cargo running from the bottom up because I tend to like to take out the Aurora you know, and then get my Aurora CL and then, you know, get my way up to my nomad and then, you know, and then I'll get bored somewhere around there and actually just break out, you know, the character or something silly, but <laughs> that's why I never make any money. Um, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, we've had a couple examples exactly. Yet. Start with, you know, start with some basic missions Get yourself in the ship that's viable, like the Nomad. Then work to get a rock, which I already own. So I will take the rock um, when I can, what I can afford to to do it. I will take the rock, put it on the Nomad, and go mine. And keep working myself up to I can get some better cargo on my ship. I'll start with actually low grade cargos first, like you know uh, aluminum and then titanium that are plentiful and easy to sell, low profit and then eventually get myself up in something like layer night.
4: So
0: mm, cool. Um, Monsieur Chekhov, I'm French yeah, again. Yeah, well,
4: uh, of course, uh, for me, it's uh, obvious. It's the nomad, the rock, you know, mine, a grind, and then uh, get the buck, you know, that would be the next, and outfit it and start doing bounties. Not a pretty... Nice simple route for me. Yeah. I, I don't I would, believe cargo is. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, cargo is the way to go. Oh, well,
0: uh, I guess uh, we'll see too, because cargo missions will become a thing at some point. The one thing I would say is Seagard didn't qualify his question with being three fourteen specific. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I would say I would start. I have a few ships, so. I start at a little bit of an advantage, but at the end of the day, um, probably would do a Cuddy black and a rock to start off and then maybe move to buying a prospector. Cause I don't actually have one. It's a, it's a loaner for my, um, for my, uh, what's it called? Orion. I wanted to say, Orion, I'm combining things now. um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't haul out an Orion that early if there was a wipe. So I would want to have some capital behind me, uh, and then I would build up to some of the bigger ships. Maybe do some hauling. I'd do a little everything. I feel like. Um, yeah. It also depends on when the wipe happens and what gameplay is available at the time.
2: So uh, one thing I would add is that you know, like I have a lot of ships, and there's a bunch of us who have a lot of ships, and we'll start with let's say 120,000 credits. Um, I also have a second character. I actually may try to work the second character up and then send the profits to the first character. Um, so I have the fun of kind of going through the gameplay loop. And then the other thing I was thinking about, that that money, that 120 k it's real tempting to go load up a, a Caterpillar and try to make a big splash initially. But maybe the answer is to take some of that money and let someone use it to rent a prospector, but have them give you a, a percent back, right? I'll, I'll give you that, whatever it costs for a day's rental, but I want you to give me back, you know, 10% of what you haul or something.
0: Uh, Do you know what they need with renting that, and I think a prospector is the prime example of where a there's a problem rock, with renting. Yeah is you need to be able to, I think, simultaneously rent the mining laser of your choice.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: Good point. And be able to modify it, because you can't modify a rented ship, so you have to be able to rent it with the kind of components that you need right off the bat. I'm sure they'll eventually get there, or they'll let you modify a rented ship, but I think it is more likely the, the former versus the latter. Yeah. So, now we have come to an extensive Q&A section. Um, <clears throat> so let's just j- jump right in. Um, Captain Kieran, or Kieran, uh, see, now I'm, I'm butchering his name in a new way. Captain Kieran first asks, where do babies come from? Sorry, not sorry. Um, <clears throat> storks. Storks, I I would say, you know, a spaceman and a space lady meet in the cold abyss of Aaron's halo. They touch gloved hands. They go back into their carrick and they (laughs) do a science experiment. Mm. (laughs) Test tubes.
2: Yeah, right on, dude. I don't have time for that in the game. Please don't put that in the game.
0: I just had a complete (laughs) coughing fit, so I apologize. Uh, But his real question was uh, with 314 coming to us very soon, are you concerned about the changes? I remember when we had the last flight refractor it was in uh three nine, three ten. There are a lot of people that were terrified of the potential changes and others open and waiting. Which side of the fence are you? If you have concerns or are you super, super excited, what are they? I guess that is more of a two-part question. P.S. Tell Seagard he is a beautiful shaved man. Uh, sorry. Tell Seagard he is a beautiful shaved man beast. Slight <laughs> smile.
2: Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah. For you that don't know, that's how I, you
0: can tell how old it is. He posted yeah, that right after we yeah. recorded the last episode.
2: I did the uh, I did the unthinkable. I went to cut my own hair, which is not the unthinkable, and I got distracted and actually forgot to put the guard on the end of the
1: nice.
2: razor. So yeah, I went instead of a two, which should have been short enough. Um, I went to a zero.
3: Hmm. So <laughs> I mean, it was.
2: And to show you how smart I am, it took me about half my head to realize something's wrong. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. Listen, with one's head
2: is a (laughs) chore,
0: to say the least.
2: I I truly look like Uncle Fester. I mean, (laughs) I truly
3: look like Uncle Fester.
0: (laughs) And that's why he always has a light bulb in his mouth. <laughs> so, uh, Hamar, hey what do you think? Excited, terrified? How do you feel? You've had some experience in the PTU, but I don't know how I,
1: much. I, uh, I'm quite looking forward to it. You got to look at the uh, idea of complexity. Instead of it being, you know, a jousting match every time you go out to shoot somebody in a ship, uh, they're making you uh, watch. Your systems, and I think that was the original ten anyway. And adjust, you know, the controls. You know where the power levels go, and what's going on with them. Be more con- uh, conscious of your ammo and things like that, and how the ship flies. So I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be really good in the sense that uh, you don't have people. You know, uh, people are going to be less likely to uh jump you if you actually know how how to fly and take care of the ship and adjust the uh, levels like you need to. I mean, I, I did that uh, yesterday just screwing around. I was like, here, I'm going to change the shields and put some more energy to that and I'm running from this guy and he's not doing anything to me. This is great. You know, and yes. took my time and jumped out of there. So that's that's what I'm saying is I think it's going to be a good thing as long as you kind of look at it that way. The people who just want to do the uh, get in a ship and you know fire all the guns and keep going back and forth. Uh, well, they might be a little disappointed. Uh, I think that, that was my previous play styles,
0: which is why I'm not doing so well.
1: Yeah, but I mean they'll make good cannon fodder for the rest of us.
0: Mm. So, Seaguard,
1: thoughts? I'm definitely
2: excited about the uh, new style. I want to learn it again. I get a little thrill. I want to be a little nervous every time I could take a ship off. Right? I don't, nice. I feel like right now it's it's almost a little too art too simple. Even though it's not arcadey in the sense that it's complete, well, it's virtual, it's fake, I guess. But anyway, yeah, I'd like it to be a little bit more complex. Piloting to be a little bit more complex. Managing of the ship to be a little more complex. Yeah. Uh, even like when you talked about fire, you know, I had visions in my head of wow, we're going to be able to put on an oxygen mask yeah. and prevent ourselves from collapsing. You know, I, I want realism to a great extent. Um, yeah. To where it's fun, not overwhelming. And I think that this uh, the new walks. Is exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The man who walks. You do too, though. You do too. I, do I, I do a jog now. I do a jog now.
0: I hate running. I like what, what they don't have in the game that they need is literally like the New York pace of walking. A they have Like walking with couple purpose. of exactly. Like I got to get to work sooner rather than later walk. They don't have that yet. Yeah. Um, okay. check off. What do you think? I don't know. You kind
4: of, um, so a, a couple of things and, uh, I, uh, I'm all for, you know, realism, but you know how most games offer you like the beginner novice and advanced, or, you know, like a baby steps kind of thing. This game doesn't offer you that. Uh, and, uh, maybe it should, right? So, because some of us, or, well, I mean, most of us like different type of play, you know, where, you know, Sigurd wants that complexity, you know, and taking off the ship and, you know maybe. You know, wants to take thirty minutes to take off because you do have to be precise and you have to make sure everything is in place. Whereas other players may just want to get out there and do simple, you know, shoot 'em up kind of stuff and not worry about the capacitors and components. So, you know, maybe there has to be different type of play. And it doesn't. I'm not talking about the real like beginner selection. I'm talking about maybe uh the type of ship that you take out, yeah. the the area that you engage in, you know, sort of like a little sandbox somewhere uh, that it's easy where, you know, if you don't like it, just don't go there, mm-hmm. you know. Also, a uh, big thing for me is uh, to be able to have all this, you need to really be able to provide hot swappable components, you know, because if I can't, you know, adjust my strategy based on whom I'm up against without having to go back and land and then start changing components, that's a big problem. And even the components that are adjustable, the way the HUD is, is designed now, it's also not very friendly. So, uh, you know, for this really to be a viable and interesting play for me, I mean, I would definitely have to get a complete, like, hard overhaul. So, you know, when I, I don't have to scroll F and go look up and down. By the time I figure out how to adjust my shields, I'm going to be dead, you know, or, or boost my power or overclock. You know, everything is very, uh, and again, well, I'm not talking about binding, uh, you know, buttons to all your controllers because we really shouldn't be doing that if you're talking about realism and really immersive play. That should all be you should all be able to do that on your HUD. Uh, so yeah. that that's right. not there. The HUD swappable components are there. So bringing this complexity in without giving us that, I'm not sure if it's going to be very enjoyable.
0: Think so. Think of how
2: good it would be if you had a multi-crew and one guy's doing all that yeah. stuff for you.
0: Yeah, so if if I could chime in a little bit, I I don't think you're going to get hop swappable components for a single fighter ship. I just don't. There's how you're going to carry them. That that it's definitely not going to be the realism that that Chris wants. Chris Roberts wants. I'm, I'm yeah. we're on first name basis, Chris and I. Yeah, um, true, but so yeah, if the like, co-pilot least. okay. Well, that's, that's what hard. I was going to say. What Seagard was emphasizing, which I think this is what is making it more interesting. I think this is what brings in why it's better or why it could be more viable to be on a multi-cruise ship. Um, because I think in the new world, and we're going to have to test this out, I think a new world in the new world, a fighter versus a Carrick, even, even a torpedo boat or not a torpedo boat, but maybe an eclipse versus a Carrick doesn't stand a chance because, Someone could be managing the shields. People are using the turrets. The turrets are a lot better now because they have more capacity. It's a viable, dangerous ship, and they changed the shields a little bit so that. um, And and someone is operating
2: the scanners.
0: Exactly. And locate
2: that stealth ship.
0: And and the other thing that I sort of hinted at earlier is one of the things that they talked about, and the the vehicle teams will be on Friday and they might highlight this more, is they're trying to get to the point where the vehicle serves the purpose it's intended to. A Cutlass, despite the fact that it's pretty multi-use, Still is not intended to be a solo fighter ship. It's intended to be crewed by at least one other person. Um, The ideal crew is one other person. I could see if you're in system, there's no reason not to have three because you don't need to log out in your bets. So that means you've got the uh, pilot manning. If you just say you do default loadout. They have laser weapons, they have ballistics. The ballistics can run out, so you have to time the ballistic use right because they run out faster. The co-pilot can be adjusting the, um, the different uh, capacitors and simultaneously being the missile spammer. And then the turret gunner is also hitting targets, whether it's behind you or in front of you they're hitting targets that makes the, the cutlass a more compelling ship than me just flying it by my own. Yeah. And so I think that's what we're going to see.
4: Um, well, I, I get that. But then where are we going? That means that the solo player going to be way disadvantaged. And there's just like no point to being a solo player.
0: No, this there, it's not that it's that your decisions have an impact, right? So they're trying to get to a point where at the very least it's an equal fight with same number of crew, same number of ships. So if you have three crew for a ship and three fighters, you should be at an equal playing field and each ship should have its own balance. Like, you know, a Connie can lob as many missiles as it wants. It has some strong cannons and it has two turrets, but it's not as maneuverable as fighters. So it has blind spots. You know what I mean? So, I think they're getting towards that balance. It's it's definitely going to be a growing pains until they f- really figure it out. But we have so many ships still to come into the game that we don't even know. That's true. right.
4: I, I just hope they keep the the single player game somewhat balanced too. Because I think I, they will. Yeah, I hate to see. I it think they will. Even looking at us as an org, you know, we're all on, but rarely do we fly together. Because of the you know just simple logistics. Oh, wait for me. Well, we don't have time to wait. We just want to get out there and yeah. start doing stuff. You yeah. know.
0: Well, in an interest of time, just given we've got more questions, uh, Jandal asks a similar question. He said, "With capacitors, missile operator mode, and an update to scanning and stealth, three fourteen is bringing huge changes to space combat that will require relearning much of what we've become familiar with. Physicalized components and armor." will likely bring the same thing next year. Do you think it's worth putting a lot of time and practice into combat skills?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: What do do you think, Hammer?
1: Oh, you, it's like riding a bike. You know, Mm -hmm. you you learn the basics and you can always ride, but to be able to do the jumps, you got to practice the jumps. And then when you get a new bike, at least you have a basic understanding how to do that. And then you keep going. You know, you yeah. practice with a new bike. It's the same theory. You get it, you know, they switch the uh, the flight model up. Well, you already know the basics of it. So you keep doing it. That's how you get better. So, yeah, I think yeah. You continue to practice.
0: Yeah. Um, Seagard, you sort of voiced it. Any Anything else to add?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, absolutely. I think that the crew drills, like, uh, you know, even though we do them and it's kind of, it just – it's kind of simple, but the convoy practice alone is good to practice. Now you just have to do it with a new type of handling system. But the things yeah. we learned are actually a little bit more sublime than, than I would have expected. Let's put it that way. We've learned some things doing those simple little drills.
0: Yeah, I agree. Check, um, yeah.
4: check, 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 check Same, check off. same here. That's a, that's a no-brainer, I would say.
0: I also just think it brings interest into the game while we're waiting for more to be fleshed out, you know, like who cares if we have to relearn it again, it just keeps it exciting. And then, then we'll be the, the old timers that are like back in the day when the flight model had capacitors, we had to learn it all over again when they introduced armor. That's right. um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like some of us are like, I remember when there was just a hangar. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was pre my time, but not too far off. Yeah. um Next question is from Nyar, and he asks In 314 PTU, CIG has adjusted the number of size of shields for various ships. This has led to some ships doubling in shield power while others suffer a severe decrease. Do you feel that sizing ship components as small, medium, large, and capital offers enough granularity? Or Or would shields benefit from being size 1 to 10 like weapons are? To me, it feels like the significant jump in effectiveness between small, medium, and large shields is detrimental to CIG's effort to balance ships. Interesting Wait, point,
1: Hamer. Um I I don't remember if the power output on the ship itself has anything to do with the shield strength, you know, like yeah. how quick it's going to recharge. Um, you know, I, I thought they were all a little bit different per size. So, per ship.
0: so to clarify what the change is in 314 so far... With smaller ships, and I don't remember the size where it breaks off, but with smaller ships like single fighters or double fighters, you know, double seater fighters and stuff like that, the shield right now has moved almost like to the old shield in a way. It's all one bubble. So the shield has a single health pool, whereas larger ships have forward-facing and side-facing and rear-facing shields that have their own unique health pool. And so, when you lose shields as a fighter, you lose shields. Um, whereas when you might lose a forward facing shield on a larger ship, but you can, you know, turn and steer in a different direction and then have a, a, a side facing shield facing the enemy aggressor. Well, yeah.
1: I, I think it sounds appropriate, you know. I mean, little ships are supposed to have huge shields, it's supposed to I be agree. the, uh, you know, the first two seconds is stopping bullets or whatnot, and then uh, you're supposed to fly away, you know, or, or mm-hmm. combat it or a maneuver or whatnot. So yeah. I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's a good idea. I, I agree.
0: Um, Mr. Seagard, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I think um,
2: I agree. I think that in rare cases based on extremely high costs, maybe ships could be purchased that had the style, small ships could be purchased that had the style equivalent of the large ships. Um, but the cost would be extremely high because it would be a luxury um, or extremely high performance system. Um, and I think that even ships might be modified at some point to have that. But again, it would be very cost, very costly and hard to achieve. You can buy anything with money, right? You can buy anything with money. Yeah. will come up with a way to sell it, build it, sell it.
0: So. <clears throat> I would imagine just guessing two things. This also maybe changes the dynamic of something like a Banu Merchantman. Or not a Banu Merchantman, a Banu Defender, which has a different type of shield. And then the other thing I would say is this might be a differentiator from the standpoint of the larger ship's might have much more easily targetable uh, shield emitters. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chekhov, what are your thoughts? Mm.
4: Well, uh, you know what my thoughts are. I was <laughs> very, very much preoccupied because my, all of a sudden I lost my crime stat. It went away. And I don't mm-hmm. know how that happened. So now I wasted the whole trip to Grimax. So you Grim I'm Hex, Hex. You're a Grim no, yeah,
0: Grim Hex doesn't have, yeah, that's why you no, lost no, it. No, no,
4: no, no. I'm back to PO. I have no crime stat. Oh. Oh, interesting. No idea. But anyway, I'm because of that I missed the question.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> shield changes in 314. Smaller ships have bubble shields, so it's one shield health pool. Larger mm-hmm. ships have different facing shields. Like dislike, how do you feel thoughts feelings
4: um, unfortunately haven't tried it yet, but um, i I don't know, you you guys have tried them right I mean it's uh,
0: I have not tried it yet
4: no, yeah, so I don't not not sure I mean I'm not sure what the ultimate effect of that would be so but
0: uh, um, to yeah, me it, it sounds appropriate. A, uh, To me, it sounds appropriate. And Seagard also mentioned sort of having the ability to customize a little bit. You know, the thing that Nyar mentioned that we haven't really addressed is that shields could potentially, like he thinks, in other words, just like our weapons, they might have Mm -hmm. more, they might, we might be more successful if there's a more finer gradation. I don't disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I do think fighters should have weaker shields because, quite frankly, their whole advantage is speed and maneuverability. Um, and I think bigger ships like, for instance, I know i come back to it, but that's because I think it's a lone explorer, a Carrick, um, should be, be able to pretty much defend itself with its weapons and shields unless you're outclassed by something big. Yeah,
4: yeah. No, that, uh, that um, I would agree
2: with. That That's for yeah. sure. In real life, I would tell you that, you know, Things like an airplane, things like a tank, uh, even a tank. I mean, we, we all knew as the crew, anything that hit us, that yeah. could, it either couldn't kill us and couldn't hurt us, or it was catastrophic.
1: It's like one or the other, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we are. We were, and I, I think airplanes are the same way, right? You either have the ability to hit an airplane that has all these electronic. You know evasion and um, uh, ECCM systems and all that, or you don't. And uh, but when you do hit it, it's rare that a plane survives that hit. A big seven forty seven now would would not it would survive something like that. Um, Yeah, you know. So I think uh, I think I like the fact that it is very. You know, if a battleship hits you and a fighter, yeah, that should be pretty catastrophic.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. And I, I mean, I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, some of yeah. we haven't tested it yet either. So a lot of for science to, to be had in the next few weeks. Um, last but not least, Boris uh, Kraken asks, um, and this was clearly last week, with the roadmap updates today, Um, with all server meshing stuff due for completion at the end of Q3, cig must be confident that they're on the right track to put it on the roadmap at a late stage what do you think we might see at digital citizen con and then in for q4 uh Hamer, what do you think
1: uh what month is that going to be in october uh,
0: digital citizen Con will be october
1: yeah i, I don't think we're going to be too overly impressed you, you you might see like an example of server meshing, you know, like a very small one uh, mm-hmm. where they can showcase that it is happening and these are the things that you get with it, but I don't think you're going to see like, we've got a thousand people, look, we're all playing the same server. Uh, um, yeah, I agree yeah. with that point. You'll see something smaller, I think, that'll be equally as impressive, you know, to showcase the... Technology, because that's usually what they do. Um, yeah, and then uh, I think those are the, that'll be the biggest thing to see. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, they have a new ship or something else, but that's the usual. But yeah,
0: what, what do you think, Seagard?
1: I'm going
2: to go out on a real big limb here, and I'm going to say something really crazy. But I'm thinking we're going to see a new system complete. Really, Done. yeah.
0: For Q4 it, or for CitizenCon? I yeah. mean, CitizenCon happens at the beginning of Q4.
2: Yeah, I think we're going to see a new system completely generated. Uh, we may not be able to access it yet, but yeah. they will have used to, It'll be the first time they've used third parties, maybe, and they've built out the environment and uh, they've generated the planets automatically,
4: and it's there.
0: You know, it's. it's. Yeah.
4: But we I, I think we saw the new system on last CitizenCon citizen Live. We saw <laughs> we the entrance.
2: <laughs> you saw the entrance. We saw the entrance. The entrance. Yeah, yeah. But
4: we saw the entrance, and I think he came out, right? Didn't we just see just the. As soon as he sort of came out, or we saw sort yeah. of like a glimpse of Pyro? And that's about yeah. it. Yeah.
2: But I mean, everything. You'll see. Because I think right now, they, if I remember correctly, the last time when they brought out Hurston, they redid the entire solar system to that point in, like, two months.
0: That was to do um, this
2: for 100, st- what, 100 systems?
0: That was for, um, not not Hurston, that was for... um Microtech? Yeah. My,
2: yeah. All the moons got it's, redone, uh, all Plarent, the stations yeah. got redone. And then they did it redone. again. Yeah. So I do think we're going to see that. I think that's going to be the big... We, you know, they're going to say we have now we have an 80% solution for building, you know, solar systems on that. What do you think? Check
4: off? Um, I don't know. That's, that's pretty ambitious. Uh, so I, I'd say that we, uh, I mean, I first I have to say, I really liked, you know, I mean, when Chris Robert comes on and, you know, you really see his vision and the way he talks about sort of what's happening. You know, it gives you. It, it gave me a lot more reassurance as to the sort of the the future roadmap and kind mm-hmm. of better understanding of what's happening. And based on what he said, I mean, it, it, it didn't certainly didn't sound like we're gonna see server mashing this year. Uh, I, at least I didn't feel like we would. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I think there is it's just too much. Uh, uh, Good, you know complexity in another system I, I don't know I don't see it. I, I see them improving on what they have quite quite a bit and I think uh, you know th- th- 30k is a, at this point if you ask me 30k is a huge issue and an embarrassment you know they need to resolve it uh, for, foremost in a very basic way just it, it could happen. As long as it doesn't affect you, meaning yes, the yeah. game could stop, but as long as it, it, you know, you get everything back, that would be the first step to me. That would be the first yeah. fix, and then ultimately fix it because I mean, how long have we had thirty k for eight years?
0: I mean, I don't remember thirty k's in the beginning when I first started. But,
2: well, it's, it's thirty years ago. The first year, there were one thousand Ks. Then there's was two thousand.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I I will say, check off just to <clears throat> alleviate some of your concerns. The thirty Ks have been greatly reduced in the PTU. Oh, that's I good haven't tell. experienced one yet, and I've only heard of one other person experiencing one. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's been pretty stable in the PTU, considering I w- le- um considering wave one usually isn't like stable, stable, it's, we're getting very close to release candidate. I feel like unless there's other things they have to add in. Um, so I'm actually going to go out on the limb and, and, and proclaim a few things that I think is going to happen. Uh, first and foremost, we have to distinguish between static server meshing and dynamic server meshing. So for those who aren't aware, Static server meshing is essentially mapping a server to a location, but it's always that server is the location and then there's the communication from server to server to move entities from one server to another seamlessly so that you don't feel the difference. Dynamic server meshing says, you know what? We're doing IAE. It's going to be held this year at Crusader. There are a thousand people on Orisim right now. So the different Um, spots on Orison where people can be, they're going to be split up into different servers based on the volume of people in that area so that we're reducing how many entities are on a server. Um, And that can scale to anything as small as a room. could be an entire server. Those are two different things. I think a lot of what we're seeing in the server meshing language, particularly the new things that have been added for Q1 of next year, actually sound like dynamic server meshing versus static i think we will not have server meshing this year i wholly believe that won't be the case or if we do at the very end of the year but i do think we will have a test of server meshing so there's a lot of a lot of news that we're actually going to get a jump point very early potentially next patch the jump point will not take us to a new system It will take us between Microtech and Hurston. That's what the data files say. I think that will be the first test of server meshing. And I think what they're going to do is put Microtech on its own server. And the jump point will facilitate server-to-server communication. That's what I think. So that's the first thing. And I think we may see that next patch, like 3.15 or somewhere this year. Um, I think CitizenCon will show off more pyro even though we won't get it till Q1 of next year. Uh, I think, we'll, so think what will happen is we'll probably get something starting at Orison. The mission will take you through the jump gate into Pyro, and then you'll get to see different sites in Pyro. Because if you can imagine, by October, we'll have seen a, a snippet of Pyro two years ago. Right. I think this Con, they're going to try and do something really showy because we didn't have one last year. I think there's a strong possibility that we're there. Maybe the PU will take a back seat in favor of Squadron 42. But who knows? Yes, that's
4: that that a good point I actually too. agree with you. Squadron 42 has to come out. Especially
0: because this has been such a building year with the exception of this patch, which I think is one of the best patches since 3.0, 3.0. Um, one of, I, I'm not saying it's the complete, but that's what I think is going to happen. And I don't think we're going to see too many game changers this year. I think CitizenCon will see the game changers for the beginning of next year.
4: Yeah, I think also from financial standpoint, Quadrant Forty Two has to come out. I, I mean, it would
0: be really helpful to have it out um, sooner yeah. rather than later. But that's yeah, just my we'll guess. Who forward. the hell knows?
4: Yeah, and um, we'll definitely wrap this up considering we're in third quarter and Bucks and Suns are basically tied.
0: <laughs> well, all right, we'll speed it up. So, if you do have questions, guy who
2: joined forty-five minutes <laughs> late, yeah, and now wants us to wrap. Now wants
0: us to wrap it up. Um, If you do have questions, uh, comments, things for science, responses to Seaguard's questions for next week, you could submit them by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail.com, DM our Twitter handle at readcastsc, submit a message through Anchor or on our Readcast Discord, and or text slash send a voicemail to 646-783-8154. Couple things to note before we actually close the episode. I'm I'm pulling the Seaguard right now. Um, we actually got an update from Kilgore on his yeah, bike fantastic. track. Um, Our favorite pirate. And so uh, I wanted to update you guys on his journey. Uh, so first of all, let me see if you guys can hear the video that he uh, played for us. For me, he submitted it. Oh, I actually have to turn the volume up on my phone. Let's see if you guys hear that. Nope, nope, Uh-oh. not playing. All right, uh, doesn't matter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna include that in a. Um, so I have a picture and a video from Kilgore. I'm gonna put into a Google Drive. That's gonna be linked in LinkedIn, the show notes for you guys to take a look. He was on his bike journey and was listening to the podcast when we referenced his bike journey. Okay. Um, and here's the update from him. I'm still pedaling. 802 miles in and 38,000 feet or so of climbing so far day 24, but to keep it relevant ish to the star citizen theme, I've got an answer to an age old question. What would it look like if the union army mounted size one Gatling's to a dinosaur? Um, and this is a photo that you'll see in the Google drive that I link in the show notes below. Um, but it's some kind of weird sculpture with a dinosaur, someone in a Union Army outfit, and Gatling gun strapped to it. <laughs> nice. Uh,
2: uh, I'm, I'm glad for him. I'm glad he's doing good. Yeah. And uh, and
0: so he said, glad to know I can get love from those I would otherwise be robbing. Heart you <laughs> Care Bears too, Kilgore. And then I actually responded to him saying like, Hey, can I throw this on a Google drive for our listeners to look yeah. at? And was like, sorry, I was on vacation last week, but we're talking about it tonight. He said, yeah, man, go for it. And then he said, uh, and I asked for an update and he goes day 36, 1274 miles, 47,000 feet made my org gate work. Oh, I can't talk anymore. Made my org mates stream me, um, stream, them walking around orison it's type two fun for sure look forward to next episode so kilgore so happy to hear the updates keep them coming uh we'll keep adding to that um to that google drive if you send any more pictures um we love to hear about how it's going despite the fact that you are a scum of of the galaxy (laughs) But cool. Where is he
4: going? He's going <laughs> to end, end up in New York, or he's going the other way.
0: You know, I I can't remember to be quite honest. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. know it was across the country.
2: Yeah. I'd be Good for him. I can't even ride a Florida. bike anymore. That'd be either. Yeah, the surgery cool. will remove it afterwards.
0: Yeah, if you end up in New York, drinks on me, Gore. Yeah, have the Florida. Any checkoff will beer. come in from Jersey. Yeah, that's it. And then another bit of announcement that I wanted to highlight. um, It was more than a week ago, but we have, as a podcast in less than a year, um, to my surprise, we have surpassed 10,000 listens. So I thought it would be great great to say thank you, everyone, for participating and listening and engaging. Um, I think that's why we're able to. Except for the past few weeks, um, keep it fairly consistent this past year.
4: Wait, did you yeah. say one thousand or ten thousand? Ten thousand. 10, Whoa, that's awesome! Never thought yes. that would
0: happen. Yeah.
4: yeah. Hey, and you know we yeah, got to so- say one more thing.
2: Uh, as my usual, my alibi. We got to say uh, hi to to, uh, to Boris. I mean, he's been on a little deployment for real. So uh oh, he, yes, he, yes. He, right. And uh and we did talk a little bit the other day when he we watched the race, I think. Um, when we did the little race with Homington. And uh it was good to hear from him. Uh but uh glad you hope you're doing good, buddy. And looking forward to you getting back, but uh at least you got something to, to listen to while you're in the golf cart driving around uh, in Australia. So
0: anyway. yeah, best of luck. Yep. he safe uh, It's luck funny too. Nubifier is just getting back from his deployment in Kuwait. Yeah. or he's about to um it's good so yeah that uh that wraps another episode of readcast i, I guess uh, you know if you are out there looking for that special org that melts your heart and makes you feel like a care bear um or you're going to do the countdown with us then take a look at read it stands for research and engineering through exploration and discovery we also oh sorry for that. We also have uh, a few read content creators, so don't forget to watch out for Earth's videos on YouTube and listen to music that Admiral Cody and Calibri are creating. Um, you know, always great, great time. Uh, we do have another content creator I have to add into the show notes, so I will do that as well. Um, but that wraps up another episode. Oh, we, also, for we also we also got to thank go Hamar.
2: Hamar, because of course he, he clearly missed his. Two kids high school at graduation. Given the length of this
0: this
2: <laughs>
1: podcast,
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, my beard grew <laughs> ten more inches. Uh. It, it,
1: it went it went a little long, man. But it's that's uh, yeah. I I haven't been able to interject as much as I probably wanted to, but uh, I appreciate you uh, having me on. No, oh, anytime. Uh, just
0: anytime. just for everyone's edification, the second half of the episode is no longer the second half. It's. An hour and 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so we're well over two hours now. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for participating. We yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. Check off. Thanks for deciding uh, thank to check in.
4: Sure, anytime. Always <laughs> happy to contribute. I will try to be on, on uh, time next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> try to be an upstanding star citizen. Yes. <laughs> we definitely,
4: and, 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 a, and a loyal uh, real <laughs> member.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, everyone, have a great night. Thanks for listening again, and enjoy the the end of the game checkoff.
2: Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.